Good morning. How's everyone doing? Everyone's looking festive. Just so you can see mine, it says birthday boy. So, because it's Jesus' birthday. So, this is what we're celebrating. We are in an Advent series at Open Life. My name's Jaden, and I'm one of the pastors here at Open Life. And so, just to recap uh, week one, we talked about hope. Week two, we talked about peace. And then, for whatever reason, Week three, we're speaking about joy. So this will be a funny story uh, at the end when I talk about something else. And so I'll explain that. But uh, it's just interesting. Today's joy. And so really, it, joy kind of dominates the Christmas season. If you look at, um, especially if you look at your kids, I imagine. But it's everywhere. It's in our cups at Starbucks. It's in our sweaters that we're wearing. This is joy. It's in our Christmas music that we listen to on the radio, or maybe you have a playlist. This week I discovered the Apple Music playlist, Holiday Cocktail Party, and it was just a great, like, good Christmas mix. So if you're looking for recommendations, it's a mix of classical and modern mixed together. So it's very, it's very perfect for the Christmas season. Um, but... I imagine you who have kids, parents in the room, or uh, students that are in here today, you probably understand the joy when we think about unwrapping presents and how they kind of just, uh, kids and children express their joy in this Christmas season in a unique way that most adults don't always express it in the same way. And so to show you a little bit of how this can play out sometimes, Here's an older video um, from about seven years ago. It's a oldie, but it's a goodie. Why don't you check this out? Can I go? That's cute. What's are you next? Socks? Yeah. What? Oh, to wear. These are cool. You don't wear. I might want to put this. Ah, my love. Oh, my love. Oh, my love. Oh, my love. Oh, it's a little. No way. Oh, my God. Nintendo Wii. So, so you haven't, if you've never done that before, I don't think you've experienced true joy. Um, I've never been in that situation before. But so this intros our uh, big idea for the day, and that is the greater the sense of anticipation, the greater the joy. <laughs> that kid was anticipating a Nintendo Wii like nobody else. And you got to see his joy, joy that almost made him throw up. And so 
But you might remember, maybe you um, circled the, brosh- the toy brochures. I remember as a kid getting the Toys R Us little pamphlet or flyer on Black Friday, and then you circle like, all the things that I knew my mom was never going to buy me, but I, I wanted them anyway. And so you remember doing that. And now we have like Amazon wish lists. So we've totally streamlined the experience. Um, and if you're interested, this, is, this was bought on Amazon. So... Not the pants, just the, just the sweater. And so, just plug in Amazon, because they need it um, today, I guess. But kids have no problem expressing joy. They have no problem doing it. But how come as adults, sometimes we don't express that in the same way? We don't express that joy. We don't get as excited about those things. Maybe because we think they're childish, or they're not as important. But how come we don't express ourselves like that? Unless there's those super special, life-changing events. And so for me, one of those happened last night uh, when the Sounders won the MLS Cup. And so literally, I mean, I, would, I was making fun of that kid laughing and then almost throwing up. But, and that was kind of what was happening to me last night. So I can't judge because it was just a little opposite. Before they got to penalty kicks, I was almost throwing up. And then it kind of just went opposite. Once they finally won, I was like screaming just as loud as that kid was. And so I purposely didn't videotape us. Um, Greg was there too. And so we made a fool of ourselves, but there's no proof. And so unless you hear it on our voices. But my question today is what happens to our joy? Did we lose it? Did someone steal it from us? Did we leave it somewhere? What happens to our sense of joy as we grow older? When it becomes more like a fantasy and we kind of become cynical or suspicious about other people that might have joy. We're like, why are they so happy? Why do they, why do they act like that? And so our joy is gone and at best our highest hope is that if we unwrap something new or get a great deal, then that's what we think joy is. And we've reduced joy to something that is small, that is temporary, and it's really insignificant. However, joy is something that our hearts are truly desperate for. Something that we long for, but something that maybe we've stopped fighting for. Sometimes joy is minimized as we try and minimize maybe some pain that we're going through. We try and buy joy, we try to earn it, get more of it, go bigger. But despite those price tags, despite the hard work... When we get more or something that's new, it all seems faceless or it seems temporary. And we don't experience a full expression of joy because we don't experience that full joy. We don't want to experience the pain either. And so sometimes we try and numb that pain. But when we do try and numb that pain, sometimes we end up numbing the very joy that we want to have in our lives. It's like you can't pick what you, what you numb. If you're going to try and numb something, you're going to numb everything. And so my question today is, what if joy is not supposed to be wrapped in or connected to our life events, but rather something that sticks with us no matter what circumstance we might find ourselves in? What if joy is something that can't be stolen, can't be taken away, can't be lost? What if joy existed in the most difficult times of pain that we experience in our lives? What if this is the joy that we've longed for and the type of joy that God has invited us to experience with him? 
What if this Advent season you find, or maybe you remember that kind of joy, maybe you'll experience this type of joy again, and it's the type of joy that can be with you forever. What if we took the rest of this Advent season for the next two weeks leading up to Christmas to truly say, I want that true everlasting joy for my life. God, what does that mean for me? What does that mean for my life and what I'm doing? And so we're going to read today in Luke 2, 8 through 11, and it's the night that Jesus was born, and we're talking specifically about some shepherds. And so let's jump in. It's Luke 2, 8 through 11. It says this, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. The angel said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. And so today, thought one is that joy is possible. So what is this good news that the angel is talking about? What is this good news that he's saying, like, I'm... I'm here to announce this. Good news is here for you. Why do we need joy, like, reintroduced to us? And so we have to go back to the beginning. When we read the whole entirety of Scripture, we see this issue of man and their sin getting in the way of this relationship of people with God. Sin is introduced, and it separates us from God, and joy decreases because the way that we created The way that we were created was to be in community in close relationship with God. And so joy is absent. And so to the extent that God wanted us to experience it, joy is just not measuring up. God wanted to be in full relationship with man. And so as we read in Genesis, we have the introduction of sin. And as we go through the Old Testament, we see like God making a plan for his people to have that relationship once again. And so they might do it for a little while, but then they go and turn back from it. And they're just missing out on that relationship. They're missing out on that joy. And so the good news of great joy that this angel is talking about is that, jo- that joy is now possible and it is returning to the world. And then the, in the midst of evil and pain and suffering and sadness, joy is possible. We read last week that Jesus came at just the right time for a very specific purpose, and that was to be with us, to be with man. Joy is possible because God sent Jesus to be with us. From Jesus on, there's no longer a barrier in between man and God. We don't have to wait for a time of year in order to experience joy. We don't have to wait for an experience in order to feel joy. And we don't have to wait for our favorite sports team to win a championship in order to experience true joy. Although those times are awesome, like when the Seahawks I remember going down to the parade, and it was just cool to be around it. And the Seahawks are like my second favorite team, and so I was still happy. They're going to lose this afternoon, sorry guys, to my first favorite team. And so, just want to talk some snack but before, while I can. And so, I'll probably be eating crow again next week. So, that's been this season for me. And so... But the point is that God gives us joy through Jesus that we have access to at all times. 
It's not something that we have to wait for once the calendar hits December to say, well, now I'm going to experience joy. Now I'm going to experience this true joy. We can celebrate it, but we get joy and we have access to joy throughout the year, in every day, in every moment, even when we don't feel like we can have it or joy is just the last thing on our list. Jesus is God with us, and that produces joy. And so we don't have to make joy. We can't create it. But in this season of Advent, we can anticipate it. We can anticipate the celebration of Jesus, and we can anticipate the joy that is coming. We get to anticipate that joy is possible. We get to celebrate that, even in the midst of hurt and pain. And so there's this time in the Bible that we read where Jesus is gathered around a table with his disciples, and he's teaching them, he's praying for them, he even breaks bread with them, he washes their feet. And so it's this really like great passage of scripture, no matter which book of the Bible you read it in, because it's Jesus interacting with his disciples right before he's about to be betrayed, right before he's about to be crucified, right before like he's about to just suffer for man. And he gathers his disciples around, and then he prays for his disciples to God. And so this is part of his prayer in John seventeen thirteen through 18. Jesus is saying this, Now I am coming to you, God, is who he's talking to. I told them, and so he's talking about the disciples, Now I'm coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world, so that they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word, And the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you send me into the world, I am sending them into the world. Jesus said, I was with them in this world so that they would be filled with my joy. And so thought number two is that joy is an act of courage. This is a prayer that we usually don't want to read or talk about or claim for our own lives because this is Jesus praying for his disciples just before they're about to be persecuted, just before they're about to be ostracized, just before a disciple's about to betray him, just before another disciple's about to deny him. But he's saying you can still have joy for your life because I'm the one who brought it to you. So like no matter what you go through, you still have my joy with you. That's what I taught you to do. And so there, these disciples are about to go through a super hard time in their lives where they're going to start questioning, was God really real? Was Jesus really true? And they still have to have joy in the midst of this because that's what Jesus told them to do. And so their hope and their their like desires are ultimately proven true when Jesus comes back to life when he's resurrected. But there's that moment of waiting. There's that moment of fear of like, was this real? And Jesus is like, the world hates you, but you can still have joy. And so sometimes in our lives, we don't realize that there are joy stealers. There are things that just come up that are going to steal and try and deprive us of the joy that God has for us. 
in this Christmas season, many times we think about those insignificant things that steal our joy. Maybe it's traffic. Maybe it's long Costco lines. Those are real. Maybe it's those uh, close talkers that like you're in a restaurant or you're in line at Starbucks and they're like talking. Like maybe they're on a Bluetooth or they're just in conversation and you're like, I can hear everything that you're talking about. Like maybe you should try and keep it a little private. This is like uncomfortable. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your health. Those are the bigger things. Maybe it's financial crisis. Maybe you're going through marriage issues, family issues. Those things can steal the joy that we have right out from under us. Those are the worst. But Jesus said through it all, we could be filled with joy. But some of us still have joy issues ourselves inside of us. We could have joy, but we're afraid like when it happens. We might be going through a great circumstance, but we're fearful that that circumstance actually isn't true. If something's too good, something bad is bound to happen. And we automatically feel that joy is temporary and it's about to escape us. Joy issues tell us that life is all about mountaintops and valleys. When we're on, when we're on top, there's nowhere to go but down. But if we're down... Joy issues would tell us that, well, you're not going to go back up. You're actually going to go even farther down. And so there's this TED Talk. If you, if you like TED Talks, I love TED Talks. They're like super simple. They explain really hard issues. And it's like, oh, I can understand that. I feel smarter now, you know. And so one of these cool ones is, was by this lady. Her name's, um, I'm probably saying it wrong, Brenna Brown. But it, I'm sure she doesn't care because I'm plugging her TED Talk. But um, it's a good way. She, she explains that this, in her TED Talk is that there's power in being vulnerable. It's called the power of vulnerability. And so it's this great thing where she talks about that sometimes we try and numb the pain in our lives. But ultimately that when we try and do that, we're numbing like the access to joy that we have, the access to relationships that can help us, and that there's power that comes from being vulnerable. Basically, joy is robbed when we try and numb the things and the hurts and the pains that we're trying to go through. And so as you research more of her work, she goes on to talk about joy, and something very interesting that she said is this, joy is the most vulnerable emotion we experience. If you cannot tolerate joy, you start dress rehearsing tragedy. If you cannot tolerate joy, you start dress rehearsing tragedy. So this looks like what ifs. We're filled with, we're filled with fear and trepidation. When you start imagining a new experience, do you think about how good or amazing or how awesome that experience is be? Or do you look at the negative things like, oh man, if this new thing happens, this is going to be a terrible experience. I'm just going to fail. I'm not going to do good. And everyone's going to think I'm a loser. When you think about new things, what do you think of? So this could be a new job and you ask yourself, well, what if I don't perform well? What if, what if I'm actually laid off right when I get this new job? New job. What if you're going to a new school and you're thinking, well, what if the kids don't like me? What if I'm not in a cool group? What if, what if I have to eat alone at lunchtime? Maybe it's a new relationship. What if they reject me? 
What if they disown me? What if this just doesn't work out? And so when we let those things, when we start dress rehearsing tragedy, we deprive us of the experience itself. We deprive ourselves of the positives that could actually happen if we just truly gave a full effort to the situation. We start filling in parts of the story that haven't even happened yet, and joy is robbed in the process. Joy is the most vulnerable emotion that we can experience. Because it means we have a hope. It means we have a peace, even when it might look weird in our lives. Maybe we're going through something hard, and so maybe the most vulnerable thing you could do is say, I have joy through this struggle, even though I know I look crazy. Vulnerability is opening yourself up to the possibility of hurt. Joy is not a gift for a moment, but good news for our entire lives. And Jesus gives us joy that can transcend any circumstance that we are walking through, and it's an act of courage that Jesus is praying for us, that he taught us to have, and that he's believing for us to have. He is with us when we get to the point of rejoicing. And Hebrews 12, too, explains it this way, is that we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. It says he suffered all these things because of the joy awaiting him. And so what was that joy that was awaiting him? What was it? And so hopefully today you're encouraged when you find out that that joy that he's waiting for, that was awaiting him, is you and me. The reason that he stuck himself on that cross was to suffer and to die for our salvation, for our sins. To be in that true relationship that God had intended for us from the very beginning. That no matter what we're going through, that God wants to be with us. And so when we're celebrating in this Advent season that God is with us, that is what's actually happened through Christ, is that Jesus is with us. God is with us. We get access to that relationship, and now we get joy. Now we get to experience what that joy is. This is the courageous act that brings us joy. It's courageous of Jesus to initiate joy for us, but it's also courageous when we choose to have joy in the trials and the circumstances that we find ourselves in. John 15, 11 says this, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Jesus said that, I have told you these things so you'll be filled with my joy. It's like, this is everything that, that God wants us to have, is that he wants us to have that joy inside of our hearts that nothing can ever separate us from God. And so thought number three is that with Jesus, joy is complete. With Jesus, joy is complete. And so hopefully today, you're beginning to see more and more that joy is not defined through just Christmas. That it's not just this time of season where you get to have joy and then the other 11 months of the year, then it's like, I don't have to be as joyful anymore. Because that joy, we have access to it all year. And so hopefully you see it as complete and utter, utter joy that Christ has given us. The joy that would totally encapsulate our very being. The joy that would empower us and embolden us to live our lives 
no matter what we might go through. We need to let joy be an all-the-time mindset that continually points back that Jesus is not just with us at Christmas, but that he is God with us at all times. That's the power of God becoming man, of God coming to earth, of God being with us. And so the word joy and the concept of it holds a very special meaning to me and my family. And so what's really ironic is that just a couple weeks ago when we were going through the process of deciding who does what talks here at Open Life and I saw the calendar, I missed a couple meetings and so I wasn't actually exactly sure. I knew which week I was going to be speaking but didn't know exactly which topic. I assumed that I would be talking about love because it's the third one in the, we, in the graphic and what we've been promoting and stuff like that. So I get to the beginning of this week thinking, like, I was even thinking about, okay, I get to talk about love. Like, all these verses are good. There's cool stories about love. And so I'm sitting in Starbucks, and I open up my laptop, and I, <laughs> I uh, see that I'm talking about joy, and it just, like, hits me like a train wreck inside of Starbucks because if you know anything about my mom, she just loves the word joy. And so as many of you know, but some might not, my mom passed away earlier this year from complications with brain cancer and brain tumors. She passed away in late July. And so it's been a difficult couple of years for my family. And especially this first Christmas season, everything seems to be like magnified, where like you open up a laptop and you see the word joy and you feel like someone just punched you in the face or like in the brain or whatever, if that can happen. You just feel like, you know, like, wow, I was not expecting that, <laughs> you know, or I was walking through Walmart a couple of days ago or like a couple of weeks ago, right before Thanksgiving, and I'm in the Christmas section and it, the song, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, pretty sure it was like Frank Sinatra singing it. I just start crying in the middle of Walmart and I'm just like, what is going on? I'm not like this. And I'm like walking around trying to like, um, okay, my eye, just allergies. Um, where's the eye drops? Uh, just walk. So, but I was like walking towards the chips aisle. And so it's just like really awkward. Um, but you see, my mom loved joy. And so I got a chair, because this is going to be easier if I'm sitting. Um, She just loved to be able to express the good things about this holiday season with her family and loved ones in a number of ways. And so our house was like a Christmas cottage because of all the Christmas decorations. I remember like the worst part of Christmas season was having to go down to the basement and get all the tubs of Christmas stuff out. And it's like, this is terrible, Dad. Why do we have to do this? But it was like, after the fact, though, you knew Christmas was here. Like, you knew it's Christmas time. It's time to celebrate Jesus, and it's time to have a great holiday season. And so, um, but especially my, my mom loved the concept of joy and how it helped her celebrate this season so much. And so she even started, I don't know if this is a thing or if she invented it, but um, she would write the word joy on her Facebook post each day 
from December 1st to December 25th, and then she would write like her favorite thing that day that she loves to celebrate the Christmas season. And so um, I actually went on to her Facebook and did a little bit of research. I thought, you know, like what did she, maybe she had like a deep um, joy post like in past years on December 11th. And so four years ago, she wrote joy dash, and I got some screen captures so you can see I'm not making this up. She wrote joy fudge. It's like, awesome. Okay. Super meaningful and impactful for Christmas. And so then uh, I'm like, well, what about the next year's? And so 2013, she wrote, Joy, Dutch Brothers Caramel Eggnog. Mmm, yummy. So she obviously was a very spiritual person. She knew the true spiritual meaning of Christmas. Um, But I'm kidding. She's very spiritual. But as we got closer to Christmas... The, the post became more pointed and more, you know, focused on the true meaning. Um, December 23rd, I thought was really applicable to what we're talking about today. She wrote, joy, the anticipation and excitement for the next few days. Because I think this is, she was coming to hang out with us this Christmas. And then uh, December 24th, she wrote, joy, Jesus, the reason we celebrate today. And so... <clears throat> She just loved this feeling of happiness and the feeling of joy, and especially the traditions. She loved those traditions. She loved to be able to hold on to those things and pass them down to her kids. And so I think what's important to know is that joy isn't just for Christmas. It isn't just to celebrate those things. It's to hold on to throughout the year, even when you're going through terrible trials or sickness or maybe if you're looking at other things in your life, and maybe you're going through a time of heartache in your marriage, or, you know, your relationship with your kids or parents aren't going the way you want them to be, you can still have joy in those trials. And so, this picture is actually from a year ago tomorrow. And so... My mom made that sign. I told Danny that I was going to totally cry. So I was just, I was owning it from the beginning. And so um, we have a funny joke now in my family. And I've said it here before, but when we start crying, we just start laughing. And then it makes it go a little bit better. And so, but um, the hard part was, you'll see that the why is kind of funky and we were like looking at it last year, me and my dad, and it was like, my mom didn't realize that she was like kind of losing her motor skills a little bit. And so she couldn't even see to the left side, but she didn't know that she couldn't see to the left side. So it was just really hard. And so he would go in and like try and fix this. And so this was actually after he had fixed it. And so it's just kind of It's a picture of joy through a terrible trial, but it's also a picture of just joining together as a family. And so over the next eight months, you you guys know the story. Things got worse and worse, but through it all, when she could, she would choose joy. She never once said she was going to bail on trusting God. She never once said that she was going to not depend on God for her strength. 
And so through it all, I think we got a clearer and clearer picture of what joy can look like even in the midst of our deepest, hardest trials. And so now with this Christmas, it's just a new, different tone. Like for me and my family, it's just completely different. It's still good. We're still joyful, but it's still good. And so I just wanted to show you, this is our Christmas card for this year. And so we wrote on the back this note. It says this, 2016 has been a very difficult year for our family. Even though we had to say goodbye to our wife and mother. Through it all, we have chosen to have joy, just like Pam would have wanted. We would like you to know how much we appreciate all of the love, support, intangible help that so many have offered over the past two years. We wish you a wonderful holiday season, a very Merry Christmas, and a joyous New Year. Okay, so I think the crying can be over. But, I mean, feel free. If you guys need to cry, you can. But I'm going to (laughs) stop. But, uh, so I show you that card, and I read you the, the thing we wrote on the back for two reasons. And the first is that you here being at Open Life in one way or another have supported and helped my family even if you didn't know it. And so this is me sending a Christmas card to you so I don't have to pay for all the postage, (laughs) you know? Um, But I just want you to know that, like, it means a lot. (laughs) Humor. It works. Uh, But truly, 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 it means the world to have people praying And to have people that have joined with me and my family. And it just means a lot. But the second reason is this. Is that if joy is complete with Jesus, I guess my challenge to you is just to say we don't get to pick and choose when we're joyful. Um, That picture was taken at my mom's funeral in Montana, a week after she passed. And I think we did a pretty good job of hiding our stress or sadness. But it's like, it just shows that we can have joy in the midst of great heartache. Is that, like, whatever you're going through, you can have joy. We're not happy in this picture. We're we're not excited. But we still have joy. And so this might be the weirdest joy service that's being preached on this week of Advent. Because, like, I'm crying. There's probably people out here that are crying. And that's not what you think of when you think of joy, oftentimes. You don't think, like, crying at the sadness and, like, you know, ugly tears. But like that's, I think that's the joy that Jesus was talking about sitting around the table with his disciples. When he said, you guys are going to go through some really hard stuff. One of you is not even going to stick around and be here for the ride. Another of you is going to deny me. But through it all, somehow, 
hold on to joy. And so that's all I can say to you guys this year is when we're talking about our action point today, it's simply this, is to embrace joy. It's not a choice that we get to say, you know what, I'll embrace joy when, you know, I get the perfect job, or I'll embrace joy when my wife or my husband starts loving me better, or I'll embrace joy when, you know, my kids start listening to me, or I'll embrace joy when whatever else, you fill in the blank, is we don't get to make that decision. As a follower of Jesus, we get to embrace joy today, right now, in a moment, and just to say, God, I give you my life. Teach me, teach me how to live with joy. And so it's not, doesn't mean that we're perfect. It doesn't mean that, you know, you have to be happy about everything. I mean, just that picture alone should prove to you that in the midst of hard trials, you can still be joyful. You can still hold on to that hope and to that love. And so for me, my family this Christmas season, I can't think of a better card or picture to send to our family and our loved ones that exemplifies the Advent season of all these things, of hope, of peace, of joy, and of love. And so that's, it's weird. I don't want you guys to go through trials this Advent season, I want you guys to have, I want you guys to get the things that you pray for. I want things to happen the way we want them to. I believe and pray for those things for you. But I also know that that doesn't happen. My mom's living proof of that. But I want you to know that you can hold on to these things, that you can hold on to these things and know that they're true, that even when you go through hard times and trials, you can still trust in Jesus. And I think that's what joy is. And so we're going to pray. And so maybe you fall on the, somewhere on the spectrum where you would say, you know what? I do have things, easy, simple things to be joyful for. And I would say, awesome, celebrate those things. Be happy about those things. But maybe you're on the opposite side of the spectrum where you're saying, I'm going through a rough time right now. You wouldn't even want to know or hear the things that I'm walking through. And I want you to know you can still have joy. And maybe you fall in between on that spectrum somewhere. Maybe you've never even chosen to follow Jesus before. And today's is the perfect day to do that. So I'm going to pray for those things, and I encourage you to do that today. And then as we sing and worship, just think about, God, how can I embrace joy in my life? Not only in these next two weeks leading up to Christmas, but like, you know, when, thing, when my New Year's resolution fails, can I still have joy? When something terrible happens in February or March or April, May, June, throughout the rest of the year, can I still embrace joy? Can I still have joy that trusts in God for all things? So God, we just come for you today and we just say, man, thank you. Thank you for sending Jesus to this world so that we could experience what it means to be in true and utter relationship with you that we can call on you right now if we've never chosen to follow you and say, God, I choose to follow you. I want to know what this relationship is like. 
I want to know what it is to have this joy or to have this hope or peace or love in my life, God. I pray, Lord, that we would do that today if we haven't done it before, God. I pray for those that are dealing with hurt, heartache, pain, health issues, God, whatever it is, I pray, Lord, that we would embrace joy in the midst of our season of trial. That we would have hope for the good things that you have in store for us and the peace to know that they'll be there when you say they will be. And God, I just pray for each and every person here. I say thank you for them, for the role that they played in my family and in my life, God. And I just pray for a great rest of this Advent season for the final two weeks before Christmas. I pray, Lord, that we would use it as a time to love those that are close to us deeper. But most importantly, God, would we choose to embrace our joy and to love you deeper first. So we ask this in your name. Amen.